As I said earlier, next week begins the season of Advent, and that is the season of waiting for Christ, His arrival. And so we're going to have the Advent wreath up, and we're going to light a different candle each week, and uh, anticipation for Christmas. Last week, we concluded our series on the church. And so today, we're, we're right in the middle of those two series, and it's fitting with it being Thanksgiving week to consider Thanksgiving. And uh, our passage for this is going to be out of 1 Thessalonians 5. And we're going to look at just three very short, or no, actually four, I guess. 16 through 18 would be four. No, three. I got it right the first time. Got it right the first time. Uh, Very short verses. I know why I was thinking four. It's because there's four parts to this. There's four parts to this in these verses. We're going to be looking at today, though, the idea of always and in all things. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be very hard to be thankful. One of my uh, favorite movies growing up was a Gregory Peck movie called Captain Horatio Hornblower. And in it, one of his lieutenants, Lieutenant Bush, they're, they're coming into a broadside with a larger ship. And they've been able to get off two broadsides without a return. And one of the other lieutenants says, we're in for it now. You know, you can't do two without getting some response. And Lieutenant Bush says, for what we are about to receive, may we truly be grateful. And I always thought, that must be a tough attitude to have. You know, to be thankful for the the broadside that's about to hit you. How do we be thankful for all things and in all ways? How can we be thankful when there are things in our lives that, if we're honest, we're not really thankful for? We're not generally thankful for illness or sickness, unless you really want a day off, you know. We're not generally thankful for things like bankruptcy or losing a job or losing a loved one. How can we be thankful always in all things. And that's what we're going to be looking at today in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, because that's, that's what he's telling us to do. Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica, and he's telling them, you know, don't repay evil for evil, but seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. And then in verse 16, he tells them, rejoice always. And, and, By the way, this is the shortest verse in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament. I know we all grew up with Jesus wept, but if you want to have one over on one of your family members, tell them, no, it's 1 Thessalonians 5.16. And they're going to say, no, Jesus wept is only nine letters. And you're going to say, yes, but in the Greek, it's three words. And rejoice always is actually shorter. In the Greek, you got to go to the Greek. But anyway, rejoice always. And then verse 17, pray without ceasing. And then verse 18, in everything give thanks. And that could have been 18, and we could have gone to 19, but he he makes, whoever made the numbers for it made it bigger. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, the three main points. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. 
very uh, quick little points. But notice that they all have something in common. Pray always. That word is literally at all times. All in, in the Greek is the word pos. It's, a, it's at all times. And then we have pray without ceasing. That literally means without a break. Without remission. Without leave. And I don't know about you, but if you're sitting somewhere without ceasing, or if you're doing something without ceasing, you're doing it all the way through. Always. And then finally we're told that we should give thanks in everything. In everything, give thanks. And that everything is really just the word all. Pause. And the things is kind of left for you to fill in. It's in all, give thanks. In all your experiences, in all of your times of life, in all that you face, give thanks. In everything. In the total, uh, in the total aspect of all things that you experience, give thanks. And that's hard to do. As I've already mentioned, I don't know if there's times when I want to give thanks. I don't know if there are times when we feel thankful. There are times, I mean, and along with that, the word rejoice always. How do we rejoice always? There are times in your life when you don't feel like rejoicing. How do we do this? And the fact that each one of these things has this idea of always, without ceasing, and in everything. How do you pray without ceasing? Eventually you go to sleep. Eventually you've got to talk to somebody else. I don't know about you, I can only have one conversation at a time. So anytime I'm praying when I'm talking to somebody, you know, I'm not listening to both at once. I'm listening to one or the other. How do you do this unceasingly? How do we do that? And, and I think the, the, the focus is not that this is a, a law or a, a behavior that you've got to adopt in life but rather that we are talking about a heart attitude. That we are talking about a, a, a presence of living. How we live. That, that in all aspects of our life and in all times, that we would have a heart of prayer. That we would have a, an attitude of rejoicing. That we would have an attitude that in all things, give thanks to God. That, that we don't necessarily have to be sitting around, you know, thank God I made a left step, thank God I made a right step. No, but that our attitude, our heart attitude would be one that is constantly focused on Him. In, in fact, I mean, it's kind of like breathing. You don't, sometimes, and that was one of the weird things about getting COVID, was I got to the place where I actually had to think about breathing. You know, but normally we don't have to think about breathing, right? You just breathe. Well, that's kind of the idea of pray without ceasing. It, it, it's not that it's always happening, that you have to be doing it, but that it, was, it would be an attitude of, at all times, I'm thinking about, I'm with God. I'm present with Him. And in those ways, we are focused on Him. Now, I tend to, I tend to go to the suffering side of things when I think about thanksgiving. But quite frankly, sometimes it can be hard for us to give thanks to God when things are going well. But when he says rejoice always, how do we do that? 
And, and Paul regularly talks about rejoicing in suffering. You know, in, in Romans he talks about it. In Philippians he says uh, to the, the believers in Philippi, in Philippians 3.10, he says uh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Like, this is my desire, my goal is to know Christ, even his suffering. And in Colossians, he says that now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, for the Colossians' sake. I rejoice in my sufferings that I'm suffering for your benefit on your behalf. Even Peter, he tells us when he's talking about, you know, don't be surprised when you're going through fiery trials. Don't be surprised about it. To the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. And so there's this focus on as we suffer and as we experience hardship, that we should continue to rejoice. That we should rejoice in our suffering. And even when things are going well, we need to rejoice. Look at verse 16 there. It's, it's rejoice always. And then in verse 18, we have, in everything, give thanks. Now the thing about these two words, this word rejoice, has at its root the word Cairo, which is based off of charis, which sounds a lot like grace, because it's the word for grace. And so rejoice has in it the idea of being glad for the grace of God has shown us. To be glad for God's grace in life. To rejoice means to be glad for His grace. And in a similar way, that word thanksgiving, to give thanks. It's the word, have you ever heard people talk about the Lord's Supper as the Eucharist? Ever wondered where they came from that? Eucharist is thanksgiving. This word here that has been translated as give thanks, and everything give thanks, is eucharisteo, to give thanks. And it's made up of two words, you, which means good, and charis, which is grace, just like where we get charisma from, grace. So it's the idea of saying good grace, that the grace I've experienced is good, that God is good in his grace to us. The idea of giving thanks and the idea of rejoicing both have at their root the idea of God's grace. And so when Paul is talking about, you know, rejoice in your sufferings, and I rejoice in the amount that I'm able to suffer on your behalf, and Peter is saying, in the amount that you suffer like Christ has, continue to rejoice. It's not to be masochistic where we rejoice in the pain we experience. It's not to say, oh, I rejoice in the fact that I suffer. But it's the focus of their suffering. It's the purpose behind their suffering. It's why do I suffer? Now I can, I can rejoice. Why? Because I'm focused on what's behind it. And even on good things. Why do I rejoice in the good things? I hope you know, I don't rejoice in the good things because of them. And that's probably the harder thing, isn't it? When good things happen, we can just be focused on the thing. When bad things happen... We say, why is God allowing this thing in my life? But when good things happen, we don't say, why is God allowing this good thing in my life? We just say, yay, good thing. And more often, we'll ignore the giver of all good things. But when things are bad in our lives and we're suffering, 
doesn't that turn your focus to God? Doesn't that turn your eyes and your heart towards him to say, why, Lord? And what he's saying here is that we, he tells us to rejoice always and in everything give thanks. It is an attitude, this, this heart attitude, it is an attitude that focuses on God's grace. And that's, that's how we get to the place where we can rejoice always. Because now we're looking at His grace. You know, even in suffering, as I think about it, you know, I, I've known of people who were so miserable that when they passed away, the family was happy. Nobody wants that to be their legacy. But we all know people that when they passed away, it broke our hearts. And we carry burdens of sorrow in our hearts. How are we thankful for them being gone? Well, no. We're not thankful for them being gone, although sometimes we can be thankful if they were suffering, if they were sick, if we feel like they've been released and they're with the Lord now. We can be happy for those things. But again, we're not happy that they're gone. We're happy for all the other reasons. And even in our sorrow, we can be thankful and we can rejoice that we have that sorrow. Because when you feel that sorrow, that tells you that some part of you has been ripped away. That tells you that some part of you was connected. And so we can even rejoice in the pain because thank God we have the pain. It would be worse if we didn't have the pain. Because if we didn't have the pain, that would mean they didn't mean anything to us. Or if anything, we really didn't like them. So much better to have the pain so we can rejoice because we're focused not on the experience and not on the, not on the thing in our life, not on the time, but on God's grace. So when we struggle with sufferings, it's, well, what's God doing through this? When we experience blessings, we need to ask the same thing. What is God doing with this? I, I would be more con concerned about having good times than bad. You know, the, the, the King Agur said, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me neither poverty so that I will not steal and then profane the name of my Lord, but don't give me riches so that I ignore God and say I did it all on my own. Don't give me that. That, I think, is more often the more dangerous in our lives. Rarely does a person come to know Christ because they are doing too well. Rarely does a person, I, I've never heard of a person who was on top of the world and said, I really need a Savior. Most people that are on top of the world think they got there on their own and think they're doing it just fine by themselves. It's usually after a person has come through a hardship some great loss, some great struggle that they realize, I can't do it on my own. I need a Savior. It's almost always after some hardship, after some hurt, that people come looking for Jesus. So I would say, better to have the suffering, be careful about the good times. Watch out for when things are going really well. Make sure you continue to rejoice in Christ and give Him thanks because it's so much easier to focus on the thing and not the giver of all good things. Notice that in this passage, uh, you got verse 16, rejoice always. You got 18, and everything give thanks. And right in the middle, this isn't a, a response. Both of those are responses to, to rejoice and to give thanks are focused on circumstances or experiences 
always, and everything. But right in the middle, we were given something to do. Pray without ceasing. This is actually a verb that we would pray. And, and not just pray indiscriminately, but the word there is literally pray towards. Pray to. And so the understanding is that we would pray to God, that we would pray without ceasing, that we would direct our prayers to God. Because He's the focus. He, he's the reason, He's how we can rejoice in these circumstances that are hard for us. He's how we can keep um, level when things are going really well. We can keep grounded when we pray to Him. And that's what Paul's encouraging them to do, that, that we would be able to rejoice. And, and again, when you're going through tough times, I don't know about you, but those, when I start praying, things start getting in focus. You start praying, and, and, and sometimes when you're really wanting something, and you start praying about it, things come into focus, and you realize this prayer is a selfish prayer. This prayer isn't God's will. This prayer is all me. And, and the longer you pray about it, the smaller it gets until you say, forget it, God. Everything I just said, never mind. You know? We see Jesus do this. If you can, take this cup away from me. And maybe there was some, you know, normal human, that's what I really want, but I realize you can't. So, not my will, but your will be done. How often do your prayers begin, take this cup away from me, and end not my will, but your will be done. Prayer has a way of aligning us to Him, of bringing us into His way of looking at the world and seeing the world and thinking. And so Paul is encouraging us to pray without ceasing because how, can, how else can we rejoice in all things unless we continue to keep our focus on Christ? How else can we be thankful for everything and in everything unless we keep our eyes focused on Christ and say, okay, God is a good God, as we sang, He's a good, good Father. He is in control of all the world. He is sovereign over all the earth. And He cares about every sparrow. And if He cares about every sparrow, and if He's over all the world, He cares about me, and He knows what's going on in my life, and He knows what's happening. For good or for bad, He has allowed this into my life. Therefore, I can rejoice that it's happening because I know God is at work. Therefore, I can be thankful for what's happening, not necessarily because I like what's happening, but I'm thankful that God is doing something with it and I can trust Him that He is going to do something with this. And maybe not today. I don't know when it's going to come through, but I am thankful for this because I know you're doing something with it. And I'm looking forward to that. How do we have an attitude, that hard attitude of being focused on God's grace other than that we maintain it through prayer? That heart attitude, it is maintained through prayer by constantly going to Him, sometimes multiple times in a day over the same thing because it's so near and dear to our heart. How can we be thankful otherwise? but that we look for Him and say, okay, God, You're doing this. You're doing something in this. If You're not doing it, You're allowing it. So what, what's going on? What's going on with that, Lord? Paul tells us at the very 
and, and, and that third verse, you know, in everything, give thanks. Then he says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't think, I don't think a new Christian has this heart attitude of rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. I don't think it's possible for a new believer to, to have that attitude. You know, new believers were like little babies. And I mean, the Bible even talks about, you know, we need to be fed the milk. But at some point, we want to move on to the meat of the gospel. And uh, just like we were, we were out Friday night with a little baby, and the little baby doesn't get what it wants, you know what it does? It doesn't say, thankful, thank you, Lord, for putting me in the arms of a woman that's not my mom. She is going to care for me and not drop me. No, what does a baby do? It screams, it fusses, it says, I don't like any of this. And that's what we do as new believers. We scream and we fuss and we say, God, you must be mean, you must be wrong, why are you doing this? But it's his desire for us, it's his will for us in Christ Jesus that we would grow in our faith to the point where we can be able to rejoice at all times that we would always rejoice, that we would, we would celebrate His grace and we would be glad for His grace and that we would be able to give thanks in everything and that we would maintain that with a heart of prayer. That, that is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. It's not how we begin, but it's where He wants us to get to. It's where He wants us to grow to. And, and the only way we can do that, notice it's, it's, this is His will for you in Christ Jesus, not from Christ Jesus, not through Christ Jesus, in. It's got that, that sense of abiding with Christ. As we walk with Christ, as we live with Him, as we uh, abide in Him, and as He abides in us, we grow to the place. And sometimes He starts us off small, right? And then over time, He grows us and grows us and grows us to where we can be thankful even for things. And, and you would say to yourself, Wow, 10 years ago, I never would have been able to praise God in this moment, but I'm able to praise God in this moment. Wow, I never would have been able to give thanks to God for this thing that's in my life today, but today I can give thanks because He's growing you, because you abide with Christ, that you've been with Him. This isn't something we start with. We can only attain it by walking with Jesus. A man of sorrows one who knew suffering, one who could give thanks to God in all things, one who could rejoice always. Even when he was on the cross, what was his desire to do? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. There, he doesn't say, thank you for this experience. It's been a lovely time. I'm ready to go home now. But his attitude of grace to those who are hurting him his making sure that he fulfills every step that he needed to while he was on the cross. And the fact that he was willing to go in the first place. And he knew, and he told his disciples, it's for your benefit that I go. And that's why Paul later on is able to say, I'm willing to fill up in my body the sufferings of Christ. I want to know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, to rejoice in his suffering all of the suffering that Paul had for the Colossians. 
and the encouragement for us to whatever we might be going through. And, and again, I, I know I focus way too much on the suffering aspect of all things and in everything, but I'm human. And, and my struggle is how do I thank God for the bad things in my life, the things that look bad, the things that feel bad. How do I thank Him for those things? How do I rejoice when it feels like the world is falling apart all around me? And He seems very quiet and very distant. How? Well, if we walk with Christ, if we turn our thoughts and the focus of our heart toward Him, He seems to be able to give us that peace and that ability to rejoice and to be thankful in all things. The focus of our hearts needs to be on Christ, not on, not on our experiences, not on the times that we're going through, whether good or bad, the circumstances of our lives, but on Christ. So as, as we prepare to, for Thanksgiving this week, I want to encourage you, whatever is going on today, whether you're struggling or whether you're on top of the world, are you at a place where you can give thanks? Are you at a place in your heart where you can rejoice in, in God and in Christ Jesus? Maybe, maybe just say, if you're going through a struggle, just say, okay, what is God doing here? I know He loves me. And, and we might have to tell ourselves that. You know, We might have to tell ourselves that even if we don't believe it. We have to say it until we believe it. Because of, we're so hurt. But I know God loves me, and I know He cares for me. So what is God up to in this? What is He doing? What is God doing? Try to look for that, and to rejoice and give Him thanks for His grace in the midst of what He is doing. If you're going through a struggle, what is He doing? Maybe, maybe He's doing something you can't even imagine, and He's giving you grace get you through it what a blessing from him but that's the focus it's an at heart attitude that is focused on God's grace not our not our circumstances but on the one who's above those circumstances let's pray heavenly father it is a hard thing for us to praise always to give thanks in everything sometimes we don't give thanks because we're too focused on the good things we have and we forget that you're the one who's provided them sometimes we don't give thanks because we're really upset and hurt we're going through a struggle we're in the hospital we're confined at home we have pain that we can't get rid of we have job loss that we cannot get over. We have a loved one that we have lost or that we are watching suffer and there's nothing we can do for them. And it can be hard for us to rejoice in those moments. It can be hard for us to thank You for them. Lord, help us to, to keep our focus on You. To spend time in prayer through all of them. Help us, Lord, to see Your grace working in our lives. 
Help us to have faith that you will provide those things that we hope for, those things that we can't see at that moment. Help us to have faith, Lord, that you are working. That we would know that it is your will for us to grow in Christ, to walk with him, to rejoice in you. Thank you, Father, for your grace that sustains us. Thank you for your grace that that carries us through ways that we, we never could have imagined. Thank you, Father, for your grace that blesses when we didn't see the blessing coming. Help us to have faith to hold on to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.